question is. Ooh, uh, hey kids, and welcome to. Thank you. <laughs> hey kids, and welcome to Do the Kids Know? Uh, that is the show where we talk to you about race, media, pop culture, and politics in Triple K Canada. I am one of your hosts, Kristen. On my screen is your other host, Prakash. Hello. And today uh, we are doing a hodgepodge entertainment, media, pop culture, fun times. <laughs> we'll see what we call this by the end. Because <laughs> we took a nice long break to, you know, take some rest, get organized. And uh, in that time, I at least watched um, a lot. Probably too much, but we'll talk about it. I mean, I also watch things, but by watching things, I mean, I rewatched things that I enjoy watching. You watched new things. And so I will be asking you about the new things you watched. <laughs> Great. Today. <laughs> yeah. I found, after all these, you know, uh, episodes where we like reposted old episodes, this can be like a part two to our, uh, one of our first episodes, which is called uh, Critiquing Guilty Pleasures. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel like, you know. As a society, we tend to have a very negative relationship with television where we feel like it's like... I'm wasting my time. Garbage TV. These are words that I use a lot. But, you, you know, do. entertainment is a very important part, I think, of, of you know, enjoying life. And, yeah. you know, TV is such a, a huge business for a reason. TV and film, like, there's a reason why, like, those Marvel movies make, like, billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why they keep remaking the same storylines that they made when we were kids. Yeah. And it's not just TV, you know, like how many like Danielle Steele novels are there? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> or like Dan Patterson or whoever, like, you know, yep. no, I think it has to be good. We can just like things. It's fine. Yeah. And it's not just fine. It's good. Yeah. I support it. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to talk about that today because it's fun. But so- first... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of liking things, um, mm-hmm. Kristen, how did CoStar uh, read you today or this week or the last few weeks, months, whenever we, <laughs> I don't know when we last recorded. Um, well, I'm going to do like a, a double reading because my Monday and Tuesday CoStars, I think, should be read together. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Because on Monday, CoStar said to me, you don't have to prove yourself to anyone. And I was like, okay, yes, empowerment. I can do this. I can be my bad self. But then on Tuesday, CoStar said, take what you can get. Mm. So, you know, mixed messages this week. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you? I also had a bit of a double whammy, but in a very different direction. I think in a very more supportive direction, which I think uh, we can all <laughs> take from this. Especially when I'm considering our... The episode that we just posted was like um, self-care with Patricia. And on Wednesday, it told me asking for help is powerful. Ooh. I think that's something that we had discussed that like while it is self-care, like it's not necessarily like you have to do everything for yourself. But like we really rely on community and that community could look in different forms. It could be like your family unit, your housing unit, um, your friends, your networks, your neighbors, whatever. But we cannot and should not have this mentality that we need to do everything for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And as someone who hates asking for help, I'm like, mm-hmm. hmm, interesting. So we're able to read. <laughs> and uh, then today told me that self-care is self-preservation. I mean. Which, um, yeah. It, it is. It That's is. Fair. It is. All facts, no printer, as the kids used to say. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> they used to say, you know. Which uh, kids? You know, the kids, some kids. I think kids you online. mean yourself? <laughs> uh, the kids anyway. of which we are one <laughs> yeah. the kids yeah. the kids that that of that group we are them the embarrassing <laughs> kid that is that's me myself and i <laughs> those triplets <laughs> don't kill me oh man um yes but before you before that whatever that piece was uh yeah (laughs) self-care is self-preservation because it's being able to see what you need and getting it before you Mm self-destruct whether that's you getting it or allowing folks to help you get it (laughs) (laughs) which is why i didn't want to move on i need you to make eye contact with me as you acknowledge that sentence don't look at me. I, I, <laughs> I see you. I acknowledge it. I, heard, I, re- I read the words. Great. We'll do some mutual acknowledging. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, you take what you can get. Me, I guess, also take what I can get, which is the help that's being offered by my friends. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So smoothly moving us on then. I have questions for you to delve into the new media you have consumed um and in this instance when i mean new media i literally just mean new to prakash because i do not consume new things um which is i guess not completely true i do consume new things when i'm told enough that i should watch it read it by my friends um Mm -hmm. but my impulse generally is to watch the things that bring me joy which is things that I know bring me joy, which is old media to me. <laughs> um, by which I mean shows that I've mentioned before, or movies that I've mentioned before. So in this instance, when I say new media, I mean new content to us, to Prakash, uh, which might be old to you, which <laughs> probably is old to lots of folks, um, but is new to me, will always be new to me, because I don't keep up with the new entertainment. <laughs> I think that's something very special about being a human time capsule. Yeah. I mean, you listen to new music, you know, Renaissance. You were there. That's true. I mean, that's Beyonce. That's a special category. <laughs> this is She's in a special category. Okay. She told me in 2016 to get information and I've been in formation ever since. And if we're honest, I was in formation before then. Yeah. But, you know, she told me explicitly to get information. And I said, okay, girl, I will stand here. Whatever you need, I am there. Where do I send my coins? Where does my body go? I will be there. Yep. It, it, <laughs> it's a special, it's a special thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, me, me and music. I don't know. I feel like I haven't listened to a lot of music this year. A lot of new music. Mm. More, more, more of the oldies, old favorites. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we'll talk about more about TV, I guess, and, and movies. I watched a few movies. Okay. Read some books. So, of the new TV you've consumed, what was your favorite? And why? Okay, so I wrote down a list of everything that I have watched. Can I consult it now just to see? No, I don't ah. want you to consult the list. <laughs> this is why I didn't yeah. tell you literally until we were already in this Zoom right now. I need you to do this blind. <laughs> you could not consult okay. your notes. <laughs> because <laughs> cause I'm not sure if these are my favorite or if they're, this, if they're just the most present because I watched them the most recently. Okay, so then I will modify the question. What is coming for you right now when I say, Prakash, recommend something to me in this moment? Do it. Okay, these are all different different questions, though. 
Because what, what I recommend to you would not necessarily be the thing that was my favorite or that I appreciate the most, but Ooh. it's more tailored to your taste. Okay, tell me why. Okay, so because I feel like I, um, I think I consume like a, quite a wide range of media and some of them are a little bit more, I think like um, obscure, actually not that obscure, everything I watch is, I think is like fairly, fairly popular, um, but one of my, I don't think it's like a hidden shame or like a guilt or anything, but like I think it's going to be like less in my brand is I do watch like a lot of anime or I started to watch it a lot in quarantine when we were like in lockdown because I was like, oh, I have like nothing else to do. And I like love those like Studio Ghibli movies. Those are like mm-hmm. some of my favorite films um, of all time. But then like I just spent so much time at home that I was like, okay, I need something. I was like watching so many series in like 2020, 2021 that I was like, okay, I need something that I can like really plunge into and like really like you know have like a year-long experience and that I won't just like finish in like you know a couple of days mm-hmm. so if people listening are into anime like you know a lot of things a lot of people will know that there's a show that's been on since 1999 mm. like ongoing called One Piece yeah and there's over 1,000 episodes and I watched like I didn't catch up I watched up to episode 1,000 and then <laughs> I got to that point and I was like, I have to stop. <laughs> this, is, this is too many. <laughs> I think I calculated the number of hours I spent watching it. And I was like, this is, the episodes are really short. And a lot of them are like, it's like a soap opera. Like mm-hmm. it takes like literally like years of episodes for like, you know, full story arcs to progress. But I was like so deep in the lore of the show. And I would like take breaks of watching it. Like I would watch like a whole arc of part of, of, part of that show then I'm like, okay, I need to take, like, a mental break. And then I would, like, watch, like, other anime because I felt like, I don't know, there's something really about the world building, I feel, and, like, a lot of these, like, anime shows that I think are very, like, unique, either to, like, the animation style or just, like, I don't know, like, the ways that, like, Japanese artists are able to, like, express different aspects of their culture or their society within these, like, different, like, worlds that I, I don't know, I haven't really found things similar in, like, English language animation, except for like some like Disney Pixar movies that I also love. Outside of the world building, what would make you want to recommend One Piece to someone? I think I needed something that was like really like fun and really short. Like I think like the something about the very short duration of these episodes where it's like one episode is like 23 minutes, but the intro song is a good like three minutes. And then there's like a good like another three minutes of like just a recap. So you can kind of just like keep watching it. And even if you, like, sort of tune out and you come back, like, nothing has, like, truly, like, things happen so slowly that it was kind of, like, a comfort show where it's, like, I haven't watched this before. But because so much so much of it is, like, repetition that it does feel very, like, soothing and comforting and you, like, know exactly what to expect, that okay. there's this, like, ragtag group of, like, friends and, like, you know, colleagues on this, like, really shitty boat <laughs> and they, like, don't know anything. They're, like, so, like, inept for this, like, huge you know, Homer's Odyssey, like, quest that they're on. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the premise is just so simple. The characters themselves are very simple. Like, everything is so, like, it's, like, a child, like children's programming. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, I think, yeah, that, like, repetition, the short format, the, like, knowing what to expect in a time where, like, the world was in such turmoil. I felt right. that, like, it was just, like, yeah, very soothing. Oh, that's nice. It was also interesting to see like how the animation style evolved over time. 
because it starts off like really janky, like just like you know these like <laughs> nineteen ninety nine like hand drawn sketch animations, mm-hmm. and then when they get into like the twenty twenties, it's like oh they have money now, you know, real mm-hmm. budgets and like yeah, it's interesting. There's like an evolution within within like the characters, within the writing. The story gets more and more complex, more like not like adult themes, but like things that are like a bit more, like more serious happen. And I think that like over the like twenty plus years the show has been on, like. There is like really interesting developments, like at the level of like the writing, the production, the characters, the plot, the themes, and it's like yeah, really like quite a journey to have absorbed within a very short time. Cute. Okay, so recommendation one from this episode is One Piece, and then you were saying before you, before I cut you off, thing you would recommend to me. Do, do, do. Okay, my, my first impulse was to say Dollface. Have you seen it already? <laughs> no, I have not. I don't even know what this is. Because <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the second season came out last year, uh, like in 2022. But the first season I think came out a couple of years before. Okay. Um, What's it about? The premise of the show is that um, a woman, like, she gets broken up with after a five-year-long romance, romantic partnership. Okay. And then he kind of leaves her high and dry, and then she realizes that she doesn't have any friends. Oh, even um, more I know. And so the show, the first season at least, is about her kind of like reconnecting with these friends that she's like lost touch with, like her, oh, nice. her old girlfriends from college. And then in season two, it's like the friendships have been like reformed and it's kind of like about these different friends, like like they become so codependent in season one. And then season two is sort of like trying to figure out who they are themselves as adults like, trying to, like, navigate their friendships while being independent. Okay. And, like, I actually thought that that was very similar to, like, kind of, like, us and our friends. Like, mm-hmm. that we all sort of, like... Navigating together. Friendship. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And how, like, you know, you moved away last year and, like, um, how we still, like, remain close in our friendships and how we maintain those friendships while, like, still supporting each other and, like, you know, yeah. being independent and, you know, the, like, like... The three... Like, our group chat. None of us live in the same city anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's, that's a show that I don't think is necessarily, like, you know, like, extremely, like, groundbreaking or doing something, like, mm-hmm. super innovative. And the show does do, like, has interesting things happening in it, like, from a storytelling perspective. There's, like, not a breaking of the fourth wall necessarily, but there are, like, sequences that happen, like, outside of the reality of the show, uh, of, like, okay. the world of the show. There's some one-liners that, like, crack me the fuck up. Um, <laughs> but overall, it's, it's not particularly clever or, or innovative. But sometimes I think, like, oh, yeah, you can just, like, enjoy things without them being, like, you know, the height of culture. Nice. Okay, so recommendation two of this episode is Dollface. Um, you said something that my brain went ding, ding, ding. Um, you said it's not particularly revolutionary, but it can be fun. Um, so my next question is, do you have a particularly revolutionary or another particularly fun recommendation? The, when, you, when you first asked me, like, what was, like, my favorite show of, 20, of like, 2022 last year, mm-hmm. like, my answer was going to be The White Lotus season two. Tell me about White Lotus. I keep seeing, like, ads, but I'm not, I don't know. What is this thing? Okay, so this is my, this is my controversial take. Okay. A, tell me what it is. Okay, so the White Lotus. Just also, uh, remember it, that I I know I know nothing. I just keep watching Lord of the Rings and Bob's Burgers. <laughs> like I don't I don't and like murder docu- <laughs> like murder shows. People keep dying on my TV. Like I don't I don't I don't watch real things. 
Although, okay, so the wife- although, hold on, hold on. I would recommend um, if anyone likes watching reality TV that is like British, watch a show called Ambulance. It's literally called Ambulance. It is about people who call 999. It's really, really good. I don't understand how reality TV in Britain is so much better than reality TV over here, but it is. The show is literally called Ambulance. It is about the 999 service in West Midlands. It's so good. But it's literally about people calling 999. Okay? That is the type of TV I am consuming. (laughs) (laughs) Unless I'm watching Lord of the Rings. Or I'm watching people dying. Like literally right now as we're watching this, my sister is watching a show. It's called Murder at First Sight. People who are killed by strangers. That's what we were watching earlier today while we were working. Like, (laughs) anyway, anyway. Of all those, I watch Bob's Burgers, but like not so religiously. (laughs) Bob's Burgers is how I fall asleep at night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the White Lotus, I think season one aired in 2021 or 2020. And the premise is that the White Lotus Mm -hmm. is a resort. In season one, it's in Hawaii. Uh, A small boat carrying these like guests come and then you kind of like follow. uh, It's like a very high profile resort. So you watch these like rich guests and some of the staff kind of like navigate the week that they're together in this resort. Okay. And then so season two, it's the same premise. You also follow another like group of guests, but it's a, at a different White Lotus in Sicily. Okay. So season one, we're in Hawaii. Season two, we're in Sicily. Got it. Yeah. And there's nothing really connecting the seasons. Uh, it just oh. so happens that they're like, it's just like another White Lotus in another country. Same cast of characters? No. Uh, it's like a okay. different cast of characters. Um, they don't really mention anything that happens in season one. The only link is that the name is the same, that, that they're both white lotuses. Okay. There is one character who you see in season, one of the central characters from season one, one of the guests, played by Jennifer Coolidge. She's also in season two. She's just like, okay. you know, a rich bitch who like be traveling. Okay. And then the man that she meets, like while she's in season one, is in season two with her. If you were to skip the first like 15 minutes of both of the first episodes. Mm-hmm. It's just a show about like rich people and these staff like working. It's like, you know, a regular kind of like character drama. Like there's nothing particularly like, like in terms of like storytelling, like just general like plot, there's like nothing, nothing out of the ordinary happening. It's just like, you know, this kind of like deep, kind of like understated, at least in season two, I thought it to be a very kind of like careful, methodical understudy of these characters. And like, mm-hmm. I think when you really like watch it, yeah, it is kind of like subtle, like you yourself as a viewer have to do a lot of the reading into these characters, their motivations, like kind of like the sort of like discrepancies between like what they say and what they do and the internal dynamics of these kinds of like rich people and how they operate in like, you know, different kinds of environments. Mm-hmm. But where I think that the show actually is very interesting is because in the first 15 minutes of both of the first episode, first first episodes of the of each season... It is, like, revealed that there is, like, a dead body. Ooh. But you don't know the circumstances behind the death okay. of either season. Like, you don't know if it was, like, um, accidental, a murder, if it's a guest, if it's uh, an employee, a Oops, random body that fell nothing. from space. Like, you have you have no idea. You just, like, know. Just said that there was, like, a death in both okay. seasons. Um, in season two, actually, there are multiple bodies. That's all oh, you cool. know. And so... Why I think that this show is very interesting now, like both seasons, uh, not as the viewer, 
you are watching it with some future knowledge of something that happens. So now it makes you now as a viewer, like watch it very carefully because mm-hmm. you are trying to play the detective and figure out what is going to happen before it's happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think that as like a viewing practice, it does something very interesting and in that like it changes the way you'd watch the show versus if the death was only revealed at the end or like wherever the death happens, then you'd be like, oh, you're like, you know, instead of like building to a moment of surprise, instead the surprise comes very early and now you're like, it's a different, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I can explain it very well, but it's like a different form of viewing mm-hmm. where like you were kind of like really analyzing these characters, all mm-hmm. the actions, all of the like micro behaviors to try to like figure out like what is going to happen to whom, why, and what circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I think like that is very fascinating as like, uh, I'm not sure if it'd be a plot device, but the way that you get this one revelation and then you're like w- going back and trying to figure out like how it happens when you have so little information. Yeah. And I tend to be very like distracted when I watch stuff. Like I'm like on my phone playing Sudoku while watching something with the subtitles on, you know, yeah. watching One Piece in Japanese with the subtitles because obviously I don't, you know, yeah. know Japanese, but I'm still on my phone and I'm like, glancing up and down but I felt that with the white lotus because everything is so subtle like you are really paying attention Mm -hmm. and what I found particularly in season two I thought season one was really fun like it was very like the characters were you know these like kind of like set archetypes of like certain kinds of characters like you know um some like ditzy rich people with like marital problems or like um the kind of like irate staff like they were they they didn't really go that deep, or if they did have some kind of depth, it was like a story that we would already know of that kind of character. Mm-hmm. But I found in season two, it was like much more subtle, and it was like less poking fun at like rich people, but more sort of like kind of exploring like why they have problems, or like how they might have problems, or like how like you know they saw problems with money that like we also still have, and like you know like the rest of us poor's are still like dealing with, mm-hmm. and. There's something, like, really beautiful with how they paired, like, the Sicilian set design with the emotions of the characters. Like, there are lots of, like, really beautiful landscape shots, shots of, like, the water. I can't remember what they're called, but the kind of, like, frescas in the walls that were, like, detailing, you know, these, like, Venetian, like, art tableaus, like, were paired with, like, the emotions of the characters. Like, people would not, like, say what they felt, but you would see it using the art that they showed in the background. Right. Like, I thought all of that was really beautiful. Like, really interesting, like, costuming. Like, you know, they're just, like, you know, regular people wearing clothes, but then the way that the clothes really actually, like, show who these people are, I thought was, like, really good. Um, and after learning some of the behind-the-scenes, like, a lot of the... Imp- there was a lot of imp- improvisation that I thought was, like, very funny and, like... It does a good job, I think, of balancing kind of, like, the mystery with drama, with comedy. Like, it, it had levels, and I thought that for, like... It, it's kind of like the opposite experience of of One Piece, where instead of you... You actually don't know what to expect, mm-hmm. and you have to p- spend so much attention that there's not that kind of familiarity where you're, like, on edge while watching, but not, like, so much so where you're, like, you know, waiting to, like, see, like, I don't know, something, <laughs> like huge explosions or whatever like it's not it's not a marvel movie it's like more subtle but i really enjoyed it and jennifer coolidge she really turned it both seasons mm-hmm. i was like you better work <laughs> it was great like give her all the awards she deserves i was actually wondering why like she had had a comeback and now i realize this show is why <laughs> yeah yeah <Okay. laughs> 
It's awesome. Okay, so we have... I'll call mine honorable mentions because they're about death. Um, well, you know, ambulance is not all about death. Um, but, you know, anyway, it's fine. Uh, so our recommendations from today's show, because I'm conscious of time. Uh, so we're recommending folks watch One Piece. We're recommending folks watch... Wow, my my uh, brain is bad because I forget the second thing that you said people should watch. I remember... Dollface. Thank you, Dollface. Um, that's not at all what I was going to say, so shout out to you. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, White Lotus and our honorable mentions are uh, Murder at First Sight. Hee hee. Uh, I shouldn't hee hee after that, but I'm not taking it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Ambulance. Would you like to add anything else to the honorable mentions, Prakash? Anything else you would like our audience to watch, consume, that you enjoyed during our time off this might be kind of a similar recommendation to the white lotus but there's a mini series on prime video called the devil's hour i think that that has not gotten enough media attention i think it really deserves it also does really interesting storytelling through like certain like visual devices and glitches and it's like a show that you really have to watch every single frame and the storytelling is very unclear at first but then when we get to the revelation i think it's i think it's worth it it's worth like it's very much the opposite of the White Lotus, where it's like, you know something's going to happen, and now you're watching the kind of like the mundane to see where it gets. Mm. This one, it starts off wild, and you're like, I don't know what and why I'm watching this. <laughs> um, but then we kind of like get to the the mundane resolution. You're like, oh, okay, okay. work. And so it's very short. There's like six episodes. Hopefully there'll be a season two, because I, I need to know. Okay. I need to know. Devil's Hour is another honorable mention. I love it. Yeah. We did that. 30 minutes, six recommendations. I love it. Beautiful. Also, Abbott's Elementary. I mean, yes. Abbott Elementary. Abbott Elementary definitely is, yeah. Yeah, work. Yeah. Cheryl Lee Ralph, amazing. Yeah. I mean, Peter all Brenton, of them. Go off. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But also, honorable mention entirely to Quincy Brunson, who, like, went on, I don't know which late night show, and was just like, shout out to naps. In 2023, I'm going to nap. What did, listen. What was the exact listen. wording? Because I sent it to somebody, because I was like, this is powerful. She's going to, in 2023, see what naps can do. I was like, yes. Listen, that, yes. I, think, I think that's a move. That's a philosophy. That's a new coaster uh, horoscope, y'all. See what yeah. naps can do for you. Mm-hmm. ask not what you can do for naps ask what naps can do for you exactly that is a great way to end the episode you know what it's not stay in the know anymore it's see what naps can do see what naps can do bye, bye. you can find us on these here internets on the social medias at the handle do the kids know or at do the kids you can subscribe to our monthly newsletter at tinyletter.com slash do the kids know and visit our Patreon to show your appreciation with one-time or monthly tips. If you've got questions, comments, or concerns, email us at dokidsknow at gmail.com. And finally, please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps other kids stay in the know. <laughs>